Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Five of the Mike Caldas Show. It's 1025 The Bone, 727 579 1025 or 800 771 1025. I was crapping all over the John Ashton movie because of the title. Not crapping all over, I just didn't think it would, it would appease me. And I was wrong. Listen, do you know what it's about, Spanish? I do not. Well, it's called Once good, Upon good a executive producer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's called Once Upon a River, and it's powerful and award winning. And then I was like, ew, it's probably like. A love story, or a grandfather is dying, and it's about a girl who is a mute and lives in a town, and uh, there is reason to believe that she's been back from the dead. Ooh. Yeah, what? so it's it's actually a mystery drama. So that makes it more enticing to me than if it's just some well, you watch girly movie. Um, I, you know what, Carmen? I'm not opposed to watching it. It's just that I don't want to look for things anymore. Yeah, I'll pay for it, but I don't want to look for it. That meme that's going around that's like me wanting to start a new movie, and then they show him watching. My old comfort favorites. That's me all day. Like I want, I go to the movie thing. and I'm like, I'm gonna buy a movie that I don't know. I'm gonna watch a movie, and then I'm like, all right, I'll watch Wolf of Wall Street. Which I not only did I buy, but I bought twice because I think I bought it and forgot I owned it, and then bought the director's cut. So now I have two, two copies that I paid for Wolf of Wall Street. It's such a good movie. I did get the Godfather Part Three that has been recut by Francis Ford Coppola. Oh yeah, way better. Really? really? Yes, because that's what somebody said to me, and I was like, why would it be better? The timeline is different on the movie. Joey Zaza. There's, there's less of the daughter in the movie. It's less about her and more about Michael's uh, trying to go legit and falling apart and being drawn back in. But it's 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 less commercial gangster and more Godfather now. It's more dramatic. Is Interesting. The act, is the actual ending different? Like it, him dying in the no. courtyard? Spoiler. No, no. But it, the way that it, the way that it happens is. The build-up to it is better, right? You know, so it's good. I would uh, I would recommend anybody that liked the Godfather's but didn't love Godfather Three to try this new one, this Coda, and watch it. It's a it's cut. It's Francis Ford Coppola re-edited it based on. He said he was on, in such demand from the movie studio to get it done and get it done in a certain amount of time that it is what it is. But when he had the time now and all these years to go back and revisit it and redo it and all that, that now you're getting the piece that he would have given you, and I think it, uh, I think it came out good. It, it shows the, it doesn't make um, Andy Garcia look like some hood who walked in off the street and all of a sudden is like the most powerful guy in the family. You know, is it shows Bridget his, Fonda in it? Yes, but <laughs> not not like not like she was in the other one. Uh, our guest is on the hotline. All right, now let's go to John Ashton and welcome him to this show for the first time. How are you, sir? Good, Mike. How are you? I'm. I have to tell you, I am very excited to talk to you today. We are. Uh, I'm sure, as you know, many people love the Beverly Hills Cop series, but we are such huge fans of Midnight Run. Oh well, so am I. Thank you very much. I, I enjoyed doing that film. It was a, a lot of fun working with Bob and. And Chuck and all of us, and uh, yeah, we had a great time doing it. That was uh, we actually started shooting, and yeah, go ahead. No, I, I was just gonna say that was one of the things I always wondered if, when you're making that movie, 
if you if you have as much fun as it looks. Because I don't know De Niro. I don't know if he's uh, if he's cool in real life or if he's a douche or how that works. But all you guys together look like you probably <laughs> even Yaffa Koto. You probably look like you all had a great time together. Yeah, we did. I, you know, we we were on that film for six months, so we got to be pretty much of a family. You know, we we started uh, as the movie. Uh, we started shooting in New York or worked our way across the country, and uh, we were on it for six months. So we were living in lots of different quarters and lots of different towns and, and uh, you know, going out to eat. And uh, we got uh, got to be a family. It was, uh, you know, and I think it shows in the film where we, we trusted one another. George Gallo wrote a great script, and then Marty Brist, who I worked with on Beverly Hills Cop 1, uh, and, uh, so Marty and I knew one another and, uh, yeah, I love Marty as a director. We, uh, to, to start with a great script and then the, the, uh, Marty gives you the freedom to play with it. And, uh, a lot of the stuff that's in the film is ad libbed, but the, the script uh, was so, so fantastic. And then to have the freedom to even embellish upon that, uh, was, yeah. uh, that's, I love Marty for that, you know. That that whole relationship between Charles Grodin and Robert De Niro is some magic that you just don't you can't buy to be in a movie. And then throw in throw in some great performances by um, uh, what's his Joey Pants and Dennis Farina. Dennis oh, yeah. And then you have and then you have this Marvin Dorfler character that John plays that's just like this hardened uh, bounty hunter going again. Oh, dude! It, it, to me, it was I always wondered why they didn't make a sequel to that movie, like maybe a years later, just because it was such a good movie and you guys were all so good together. Well, they did write a sequel, and I read it, and um, uh, it was uh, you know garbage. I, it wasn't quite. I, it, well, I didn't like it. <laughs> you know, they they had me. I, I I was like a minor character in the sequel. You know, some uh, you know I had like one scene flying an airplane. You know, but uh, whatever it was. But uh, no, I, I and George Gallo, who wrote the original one, I talked to George, and he had a great opening for for a sequel. Of it. They they never used that one. Somebody else wrote it, but uh, I mean, I don't want to put anybody down, but I mean, I didn't. It didn't quite come up to what the original was, and uh, um, anyway, that, uh, that, that makes more but, sense because yeah. you don't want to you don't want to ruin something that was fantastic. If it's not up to par, then you just leave it for what it is. But uh, yeah. that's great. Now, yeah, and then, yeah. then of you, course, you know that. But Marvin originally the original script, Dorfler gets killed halfway through the film. Right? Really. Uh, but the yeah, but the way I was playing the character because the character originally was written as a very ugly, nasty guy, and I didn't play him that way. Uh, I had an old actor friend of mine that that told me once, never play a bad guy like a bad guy. You're you're just doing your job, all right. And you end up being a bad guy, but that, but don't play a bad guy. Yeah. And I always believed in that and. And to me, that's the way I played Marvin. I, you know, because I look at at, at uh, Bobby and I go, Jack, you're in my way. You know, what I mean, you're in my yeah. way. Get out of my way. You know, and it's like so. Uh, but in the movie, in the original script, I get killed halfway through. And uh, as we were shooting, about a month of the shooting, uh, Marty just said, "We can't kill Dorfler. They had the audience will hate us." You know, so uh, they then George had to rewrite me and put me in the ending in the airport and screw all that up yep. and stuff. Uh, so uh, yeah, the, the, mo- in, uh, the, mo- the movies 
Midnight Run. I'm sorry, we got a little delay, so I don't mean to talk over you. But the movie's called Midnight Run, and we tell people about it all the time. We're constantly quoting the movie. It's one of the best movies, but uh, John's here to talk about uh, Once Upon a River. Now, John, I'm not going to lie. Earlier in the show, I was like, I'm probably going to hate this movie because of just the title alone. And then during the break, I looked it up because it sounded like it was going to be some movie like maybe somebody was dying and, I don't know, a grandfather, granddaughter. Sorry, it was not. It's, about, it's a, a drama about uh, a, a mute girl who... Uh, might have come back from the dead. I, now it seems like I'm in, I'm intrigued by the movie. Yeah, oh yeah, it's a great script. Uh, it was taken from a book Bonnie Jo Campbell wrote, and it's uh, it's about a young girl's odyssey, uh, finding herself and and just her trek along the river and the people she meets and uh, the things she discovers, and she uh, looks for shelter one night. And I uh, stumbled across this uh, hermit on the river with a Jai play. His name is Smoke, and uh, he takes her in, and uh, they become sort of a family. Uh, she takes care of him, and, and he teaches her things about life and stuff, and uh, they become family. And then she is actually going up the river to look for her mother who abandoned her when she was young. And she she leaves Smoke and goes and finally finds her mother and finds out her mother's not the person that she really cares to be with. Well, don't spoil and, uh, it. <laughs> she goes back to smoke. <laughs> she goes back to smoke, and, you know, and so it's a, it's a cool little relationship with, uh, of course, you know, I mean, there's a lot of other great little side stories, it's, you know, and it, it's the people she meets and uh, her trek along the river, and they, they've kind of compared it to Huck Finn, a modern Huck Finn, and, and uh, they've kind of compared it to Winterbone or a few other things, but it's a movie in itself, and, uh, and, you, I'm, and I'm very, very proud of it. Do you care that yeah. movies now go direct to uh, to home release? As a, as a fan of movies, I like to, I love to watch them from my home because I hate teenage kids bothering me in movie theaters. So if I'm watching a movie at home and I have a really big screen, do you care as an actor or are you, are you like, however you got to watch it, watch it? No, however you got to watch it, watch it. I mean, you know, I, I, you know, I'm a member of the Academy, so I get screeners, so I watch things at my big screen at home too. So, uh, but, you know, speaking of uh, a quick side story, when Beverly Hills Cop came out, we went to the premiere, and of course, it's all industry people, and, and they were all laughing and clapping and doing stuff. So uh, a couple of nights later, uh, Judge and I said, let's go to a regular theater and see how the regular audience reacts to it. And uh, we went to a theater in Westwood, and we sat up in the balcony, and people were hooting and hollering and screaming and yelling. Yeah. We looked at each other and said, "We better, we better get out of here before this movie ends." <laughs> <laughs> That's always you always hear you always hear stories about actors doing that. I never knew if it was really true or not. And and by the way, you were great as Marvin, but don't take anything away from Taggart, man. Taggart, Taggart is the perfect straight guy in that in that three threesome of of you and Eddie Murphy right. and Judge Reinhold. And and I have to tell you, I will pick Beverly Hills Cop two over any other ones. Oh really? Oh, more than top one? Yeah, when I think the relationship between you guys and Eddie in in Bachelor I mean, uh, in uh, Beverly Hills Cop Two is fun. when when Eddie Murphy says to you, I mean, I can't tell you that there's a time that my brother to this day still doesn't go, Tagger, get your sweet ass in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know everybody loves that pool scene. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll tell you something, Marty Marty Brest, who I I just love working with. Um, he he let Judge and I create those characters in the first one because 
in, in, the, in the original script, Tiger and Rosewood were very minor roles. And, uh, and judge, the judge and I had a, a chemistry together that Marty loved. And he just kept letting us ad lib and he just kept putting it, putting us more into the film, more into the film. So we became co-stars of the film. But, but in the, in the original script, they were fairly minor characters. But, but because Marty and loved what Judge and I were doing with our characters, he just kept building it and building it. So they became major characters. So, which, which is I'd smart. Like a lot of credit for Marty. Yeah, that's smart because you don't see a lot of yeah. movies with Eddie Murphy where other people shine as much as he does. Well, yeah. Well, thank you. That thank you very much. But you know, like there's a scene that said that that all it said in the script was Taggart and Rosewood wait in the car. So we sat back, you know, sipping, sipping coffee and looking up at the window where Eddie was, you know, and blah blah blah. And then you know, with no dialogue, and then Marty finally said, "Okay, we got that. Now you guys just add lib something." Yeah. So Judge happened to be reading a, a magazine in the car, for real, you know, in between takes. So all of a sudden they rolled the cameras and Judge went, wow, did you know by the time you're 50 years old, there's 12 pounds of undigested meat in your system? And I said, why are you telling me that? I'm like, well, I and he goes, well, you eat a lot of meat, you know. Like, All that was ad lib stuff, you know. So. That I got to tell you, that's some of the some of the greatest stuff. That the uh, the new movie is called Once Upon a River. It's available on DVD and digital on on uh, Tuesday tomorrow. Uh, I would recommend it just on John's uh, recommendation alone. And then uh, if you have not taken the time to seek out the movie Midnight Run, it is truly one of the best movies I've ever seen in my life. And it, sir, it's a pleasure to have the opportunity to talk to you today and tell you how much we appreciate your stuff. Well, thank you, Mike. I appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, please go see Once Upon a River. I'm very proud of it. I think you'll like it. We'll check it out. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you. There you go.